let me welcome you once again. This Memorial Weekend. But it's also a little bit more than that. It's the first Sunday after Pentecost. This is the beginning of a new season in the church, the the long season that takes us all the way through the rest of the liturgical year until we reach Advent once again. And it's a long journey, and the reason it's long is because it's the season of the story of the church. Now, we just finished telling Jesus' story during the first half of the year from Advent through Pentecost. And last Sunday, Pastor Jill and Pastor Jerry spoke to us about Pentecost, and and, uh, they did speak to us about the Holy Spirit. And today, as we enter this new season of the church, we can begin to connect the threads of Jesus' story and the Holy Spirit with our own stories. As the perspective shifts from Jesus to us, to all Jesus' followers, now we will hear and learn and hopefully live out Jesus' call to discipleship. We'll begin to think about how we're called to fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave us as he ascended. Now, since it is our story, you would think we'd begin by talking about us, about our unique humanness, and we will. But before we start, we ought to remember that we are who we are because of who God is. Our identity as a community and our individual personhoods are wrapped up in God's story. Our identity, our identity is in God. So our unique individual story, <coughs> stories come from our individual encounters with God. Those little personal glimpses of God that point to a larger truth that goes far beyond our own stories and sometimes through which we may find that we have questions about what God wants from us. That's why I chose the scripture from John's Gospel, the Pharisee Nicodemus, who came asking questions of Jesus. Now truly there are all kinds of wonderful messages that a preacher might bring from this text. But I'm especially attracted to Nicodemus's question, what does it mean to be born of the Spirit? His question reminds me of some of my own questions. How does the Holy Spirit affect my everyday life? How might it affect my full life story? How might the, how might the answer to that question direct my life as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Of course, I don't think Nicodemus is asking Jesus this question for any of these reasons. In fact, it almost seems as though he made Jesus just a little bit upset there. He kind of starts out with, well, we know this and we know that, uh, like he's a real authority. uh, And he was talking mostly about the signs, the miracles that Jesus performed. And, And maybe that's what got Jesus on edge. Jesus wanted people to come to him but not to see a miracle show. He wanted people to come to him to have a relationship with him and to be able to hear him and hear how he was making a call on their lives. Jesus wasn't looking for people to come to him because it was a show thing, but because it is a heart thing. 
but Nicodemus only had a head thing going on. Even though a Pharisee, he wasn't hungry for Jesus the bread, Jesus the gate, Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. He was all about Nicodemus, not ready for Jesus to be the center of his life, not ready to hear how God might be calling him. Nicodemus must have been a busy Pharisee. If we don't take time out from our busy, self-directed ways, we too might not have time to move past that head thing in our lives. Now, this is not just a theoretical thought for me. I have encountered this problem in my life. Even though, as I have been told, when I was an infant, the firstborn of my parents, my maternal grandfather bounced me on his knee and he said, this boy is going to be a minister. Even so, when I reached the time of my life, when I was making decisions about what I would be doing with my life, being a minister was not on my radar. I was a child of the other side of the family. The side that in the late 19th century produced itinerant people to be sure, but they were not itinerant ministers. Those people were going from town to town performing in shows a very questionable pursuit even in the late 1800s and for many years after, and certainly not very respectable. My father, who obviously inherited other genes, had hopes that I would follow him into the medical profession. But I was not to do that. I was just transfixed by the world of broadcasting, by radio and television as as it was in the years just after the mid-20th century, just a few networks, just a few local stations, no cable as we understand it now, no internet. Still, the lure was irresistible. Much to my parents' dismay, this became my chosen career, but they at least had the satisfaction of knowing I had almost chosen theater and been tainted far worse. Now, why did I make that choice and not take the path that I later did take? Because like Nicodemus, I was asking the wrong questions. And like Nicodemus, I could not hear what Jesus was saying. I couldn't hear God's calling. I couldn't feel the pull of the Holy Spirit because I wasn't ready for Jesus to be the center of my life. Now, uh, I didn't mean to trash all broadcasters. I met many wonderful people and I learned a lot and I had a little bit of success in that business. And I don't mean to leave the impression that my parents did a poor job of raising their children. We were raised in the church. In our greater family, we had um, Quakers and Presbyterians. What was that other one? Oh, yeah, Methodists. <laughs> Nevertheless, this Paul was off into a different world for decades. And then... It was over. After all that time, I suddenly realized that my work, my career, didn't really mean all that much. I had enjoyed it for many years, and it had contributed to the support of our family. But in the end, I realized that that really wasn't my true calling. If this into which I had put three decades of my life was not my true calling... It begged the question, what then is my calling? 
And I have to admit I was nearly 50 years old when I began to ask that question. But let me shorten this story and jump ahead a few years. Things began to happen and kept happening that drew me toward a greater relationship with Christ. And many of them were directly connected to people and events at our church, North Broadway United Methodist Church in Columbus, Ohio. And at first these things seemed random and coincidental, but as time went on, I began to sense there was something changing in my life. And eventually I began to realize that I was being led towards something new, but I still didn't know what. Perhaps I began to think this might be leading me toward the answer to my question, what is my calling? And in community with the people of North Broadway Church and through the leading of the Holy Spirit, I began to feel that this might be God's call on my life. I was very shocked, even more so when it began to seem that it wasn't even a new call, but one that had been there for a long time that I did not, would not, or could not hear. Maybe Grandpa was right. Well, that was the beginning of my call to serve, and of course it's a, it's a very much longer story, much too long to tell it all here, but I can, I can admit to you that I struggled with it a lot. I struggled to define exactly what it was to which I was being called. I struggled to articulate the call to myself and then to my family and finally to the church And that brings me full circle back to Nicodemus and his conversation with Jesus. Nicodemus, it seems to me, even though a Pharisee of Israel, seemed to be struggling to understand the nature of his call, his call to serve Jesus. And Jesus was a bit sharp with him. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. Nicodemus, we speak, but you don't receive our words. You aren't listening. That was my problem. This call may have been in the spirit wind for years, but I was unable to receive it, not able to hear it, not listening. Perhaps I should have listened. I should have been able to. But just as a child must grow and learn on the way to adulthood, a Christian must also grow and learn. We are who we are because of who God is. And God doesn't tra- and God doesn't want to leave us as we are, but to continually transform us. Like physical growth. From birth to adulthood, our spiritual adolescence can be an uncomfortable process. But through it we learn to listen for God's call. We learn to hear God's call. But to hear and, listen, and, and then listen, and having heard, we must act as we seek to grow in discipleship and be equipped to make disciples of Jesus Christ in the world. Now, we're not all called to be set apart as ministers in the church like Pastor Jerry and Pastor Jill and Pastor Matt. But if we are still enough, what might God be calling us to beyond ourselves? beyond our family, beyond our careers, and even for those of us in our retirement years. Can we learn better than did our friend Nicodemus how to be still 
and to listen for the Holy Spirit and to live every day in God's power. I'm reminded of Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. And in the quiet, you might hear how God calls you to connect your story with the story of God's church. Amen. We all make choices, whether they be deliberate or whether they're reflexive. For example, when babies get hungry, they reflexively cry to be fed. When we get hungry as adults, we decide it's time to eat without the reflexive response of crying. For us, the bigger issue is, what will I eat? And so we look around the house, we find it, and that's what we prepare for our meal. That's a deliberate choice, my friends. Paul and his companions in our Acts scripture reading make a choice to go to Macedonia, which is spirit-led. My question this morning is, is the choice deliberate, reflexive, or something else? This is the third time in the book of Acts that Paul, or Saul as he is referred to sometimes, is led by God to do something. In chapter 9, Paul has his Damascus Road conversion experience, being called by God, baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit to become a leader in the Christian community. In chapter 13, while Paul and others are worshiping in Antioch, the Holy Spirit instructs them to set Barnabas and Saul apart for the work to which God called them. And in today's reading, the Holy Spirit thwarts Paul and his companions from going to Asia and instead, through a vision, instructs them to go toward Europe, namely Macedonia. So off they go. The decision is made of where to go, but only after God used the Holy Spirit to get Paul's attention on where the missionaries were to go. Not a deliberate or reflexive decision, but a Holy Spirit-filled decision. If you will, Paul and his companions answered the call of God by following the Holy Spirit's leading. They could have refused And so in that sense, because they did not, it was deliberate. But I want to emphasize again, it was deliberate only after they were Holy Spirit-led. I wonder if Paul struggled with wondering if God's Holy Spirit was really talking to him. Something we will never know But I like to think Paul struggled just like you and I struggle with whether or not the Holy Spirit is really leading us in our decision-making, especially when it comes to the biggies, like Paul shared in his sermon about his call to ministry. 
I am not sure how Paul felt assurance of the Holy Spirit leading, but I know for me, I usually feel an overwhelming sense of peace. The peace that Jesus talks about in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Or as Paul refers to it in Philippians 4, 7, I have known the peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace. I am convinced, comes because I believe in the enabling power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in my life. Let me share one such time of peace for me. When I became a pastor of four newly merged churches, I had the task of leading the church in finding property upon which to build a new church or to buy an existing property and renovate. We came to the point of deciding what we might purchase. As we drew closer to this time, I kept hearing this voice tell me, none of these properties are the one. I dreaded the upcoming meaning knowing I would upset the committee in stating this opinion. For the congregation wanted to settle on something, for the search had become long, and they were tired of searching and eager to make a decision. Yet I knew I could not give my blessing, because the Holy Spirit was blocking me from doing so, which is hard to explain to others. I had an unsettling feeling and kept praying for God to enlighten me and to show me the way. I kept driving by the one property that many in the congregation wanted. And I just kept hearing in my head that this is not the property. So I turned to God in prayer, asking for the peace and confidence to tell the committee we still had not found the right property. One day, while taking my daily walk, God's peace washed over me as I pondered and prayed as we drew closer to the meeting day. With that assurance of peace, Without that assurance of peace, I would not have been able to move forward with my conviction that this was not the right property. Lo and behold, once I shared with the committee the Holy Spirit's leading, there were several other committee members who spoke up and voiced their concerns over purchasing any of these properties. Along with this, Another committee member volunteered. He thought he knew just the property we needed to buy, even though it would cost us more. In the end, that is the property we bought to build a new church. The Holy Spirit at work in my life helped me to help others to speak their mind too. Now, 
I wish I could tell you there was a brand new spanking building on that property, but it never came to pass for various reasons. I was called to serve another church. The merged church became a mission church attached to a larger congregation in the area and several years ago became a new congregation with the help of that congregation within the United Methodist Church in Indiana. The congregation was thriving the last time I checked in with them, and what a joy it was to go back and preach one Sunday to see what they are about. All because of the leading of the Holy Spirit took them as a congregation on an unexpected journey to get to a place they are at today. When you talk to those who were a part of that whole journey, they will tell you it is the best thing that happened to the congregation because they are fulfilling God's purpose right where God wanted them to be. Not through any big thing that I did, but in listening to the Holy Spirit. They have a sense of peace about the situation. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians 5.22. Remember that. God is calling all of us every day to make decisions that affect the trajectory of how we live our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ and affect those with whom we interact. We want to do what God calls us to do, yet we all struggle with knowing if it is really the Holy Spirit leading us to answer God's call to serve on a daily basis, especially, especially, when God calls us to move out of our comfort zones to be God's mouthpiece and example among those to whom we are sent. So let me remind you that you have the power of the Holy Spirit. It resides within you as one who follows the teachings of our Lord. When Jesus was speaking with his disciples on the night of the Last Supper, In John 13, he said he would send the Holy Spirit after his departure from earth, and he lived up to his promise, as we learned last week on Pentecost Sunday, when we remembered the pouring out of the Holy Spirit to those gathered in the upper room. We, too, are filled with the Holy Spirit. In the United Methodist Church, we recognize this in our baptismal ceremony. I believe this with my whole heart, that the Holy Spirit is the living presence of God. Let me also remind you, that the Holy Spirit enables us to know God's will or call upon our lives. In chapters 14 and 16 of John, on that same night, Jesus said, 
The Holy Spirit will guide us in all things, making known to us all that the Lord knows. Throughout the book of Acts, the story of the early church, the story that we are now continuing in the early church, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit is revealed, not only to Paul but to others. Find time to read the book of Acts and be encouraged. The way to harness the power of the Holy Spirit is to believe it can be harnessed to help lead you in making decisions and acting on those decisions in your life. The power is harnessed in various ways. I believe one harnesses it by reading scripture to know how God would have us to act as God's people. What we think we are hearing from the Holy Spirit will align with God's teaching in the scriptures. Another way is praying to God to open up our hearts to receive the Holy Spirit's leading and to give us a sense of peace when God reveals what and where we are called to go next. Searching out others who have made similar decisions or people who are good at helping others in making decisions is another way the Holy Spirit guides us God's Holy Spirit uses others to nudge us in the right direction. That is the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Like the wind, the Holy Spirit blows wherever it desires, pushing us every day of our lives toward the work God calls us to do as God's people. Do not brush it aside. The call on your life never ends, my friends. There is always, always something that God wants you to do next until your last breath. God will use the Holy Spirit to make that happen, even blocking your path, changing your course when you have your heart set on something else. The wind of the Holy Spirit moves through different avenues to guide us if we have open hearts and willing ears to hear. Look at what Paul and his companions accomplished when they followed the Spirit's leading in this particular scripture reading. Lydia and her whole household were baptized and followed the Lord. And by the way, remember, she was enabled by the Holy Spirit to hear the Lord's calling through Paul and his companions. Open up your hearts to the Lord's leading through the power of the Holy Spirit, however it blows into your life. If you do, you just might be amazed at what you can accomplish in the lives of others whom God leads you to touch. If we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to answer God's call to love not only God, but our neighbors as ourselves, I cannot but think that families, communities, and the world will be a better place. And just maybe, because you answered the call through the Holy Spirit's leading, just maybe, 
the kingdom of God will materialize all the more here on earth. Amen.